You're listening to And welcome back to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. My name is Martin Yeh. And I'm Rira Yu. And we are here to do our, what month is it? November. November. Our November mid-month book update. Um, we are almost at the end of 2019. We're almost at the end of the 2010s. Oh man, you're right. As always, it's best of season in the world of media Mm-hmm. journalism Movies. i guess yeah um, but um this is the year we're gonna see a lot of best of the decade that's true yeah but what has this decade done for us i mean it started off great in the, la- the latter half you know could be better back in 2010 yeah oh, man so much promise back then we we're just coming off the great recession things were getting better little did we know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i haven't even thought about like what would my like best of the decade be i have terrible memory i don't even remember what i read this year Mm. so there's no way i can remember what i read in the past like 10 years that's true we should probably start a thread we're we're gonna start a thread of um your best of the decade moments and if you have anything to share with us you can I'll, i'll try to think of something too i guess it would probably be starting this podcast with you Reba. That's my best of moment of the 2010. (laughs) (laughs) Towards the latter half of the 2010s. Oh, did we start before or after the election? We started before. It was... uh, Like right before, Yeah, September 2016. Wow. Yeah, it was like right before. That's the era for us. Um, How are you doing, Reba? Are you gearing up? Are you getting ready? We've all heard your thoughts of the holiday season. Oh, my God. Are you preparing yourself for the um, gauntlet? Actually, for, for Thanksgiving, I'm uh, hanging out with uh, Dan's family, mm-hmm. and they are way nicer, <laughs> way nicer, <laughs> way more manageable, less stress. Uh, there's still stress, but uh, that's just how it is with mm. like large family gatherings or even just large gatherings in general. I that's just true. I just really don't like talking to people. <laughs> this is why like you haven't seen me in like other asian american events in a in a long while except for the play that we went to actually you weren't there i was not there i was busy working um to be fair i don't go to as many events as i used to neither Mm -hmm. um not because i don't like talking to people um i'm okay with talking to people i'm just become more lazy (laughs) (laughs) it's um no it's it's just you know as as you as you get older you start to value your time a little more you start to value your energy too because you realize you don't have as much of it as you used to you know i feel like my energy level has Mm. been the same since uh i was a kid (laughs) i was i was pretty much an 80 year old granny Mm. as a kid so well you know you know what you are i I know what i am (laughs) so yeah what what else have you been have you been watching anything new lately uh I've been watching Dark Materials on HBO. That just came out. That's right. Yes. Um, I've only read the first book, and that was a long, long time ago. So I don't really remember much of the finer details. But I did watch the movie twice. The movie is absolute trash. (laughs) Uh, So uh, when I was watching the first episode of Dark Materials, I 
you know, I was kind of like apprehensive about it. You had low expectations. Because it requires a lot of production. Like you, every single person has an animal uh, spirit. They have a demon. So it's like, are those animals going to be real? Are they going to be CG? Oh. Like, um, how are they going to make this uh, semi-steampunk world? Like, I... But then it was HBO, so I'm like, they're so good with their set design and their production quality. So I was not disappointed. And the actress who plays Lyra is Daphne Keene, and she's she's Baby Wolverine in Logan, and she is fantastic. She is so good, and actually, all of the child actors are very good, which is nice because this series has a lot of children. <laughs> I don't know much about the Dark Materials series. I know it's a trilogy, right? Or originally, or um, I I don't know if it's a trilogy. Mm. I remember the Golden Compass. I remember seeing it and being interested in it, but then I never watched it because it came out during that time when like movie studios were discovering CG. And, That's like, true. Yeah. yeah, but I mean. HBO, they're the network that convinced the mainstream to accept CG dragons as real. So, you know, yeah. I have faith in their ability to bring a magical world to life. I've been holding off on watching that series, but I'm super interested in it. There's only two episodes so far. So if yeah. you're starting now, it's very easy to catch up on. Yeah. And um, I guess we can probably start a thread on our forums, too. Yes. To talk about it. It seems like Rira really, really wants to talk about I it. Do. <laughs> I do. I love talking about, uh, like film and tv adaptations mm. of books because um especially for this series because i don't really remember the book so it's it would be nice if someone who knows the book inside out like tell me if it's if it's like <laughs> meeting their expectations speaking of adaptations i'm excited for the return of the expanse in the month oh right, right. um which is another really great um series based on a series of books yes I mean, we have a lot of um, adaptations to look forward to. Like we have Pachinko, we have the mm. Kiss Quotient. I think 2020 is going to be the year to watch out for those adaptations. Yeah. I think they are coming out next year. Well, also the next two um, Lara Jean movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the the next one is coming out in like February, right? Valentine's Day. Probably. Seems like a good time for a movie Maxi- like that Maximum to come out. profit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, before we get to the news, though, let's remind everyone what we're reading for the month of November. Uh, so for the month of November, we are reading Steel Crow Saga by Paul Kruger. And it is a fantasy novel. And it is long. <laughs> so hopefully you, got, you guys are um, into the book by now. I need to start. I have the book. That's I just good. Need to start, yeah. I I have not started as well, but I have a good reason. So I had asked the library to put it on hold for me, mm-hmm. but someone had borrowed it before I did, so I had to wait until they were done. Oh. And their due date was uh, November seventh, so I should have gotten it like November eighth, but they were late. Oh, and I was like, library etiquette. <laughs> How dare you? How dare they? Yeah, so let's get on with what we came here to do today, uh, which is go over the latest book and publishing news in the world of Asian American uh, literature. Um, so, Rira, why don't you start us off? Okay. World writes to Gita Varadarjan's debut picture book, My Bindi, was picked up by Scholastic. The picture book tells the story of a Hindu girl who discovers magic, power, and history of wearing a bindi for the first time. 
Publication is set for spring 2022. Congratulations. Again, a lot of picture books being picked up with um, diverse stories. Pretty awesome. Yes. Um, next up, in a six-figure two-book deal, Tor Books won Shelley Parker Chan's debut novel, She Who Became the Sun. Pitched as Mulan meets the Song of Achilles, uh, the book is a queer alternative history that reimagines the rise of the founding emperor of the Ming Dynasty. Publication is slated for 2021. Next up, it's also a Mulan adaptation. Uh, Disney Hyperion signed rose-marked author Livia Blackburn to write the second book in the Queen's Council series, uh, which is a Disney princess series where uh, the princesses are reimagined as rulers coming into power with the help of a mysterious force that weaves in between their individual stories. Blackburn will be adapting the story of Mulan and uh, named Empress of a People Who Do Not Want Her, Forbidden from Marrying the Man She Loves, and Facing a Potential Coup, Mulan brings mysticism to the battlefield to fight for her right to rule. Is this just Kingdom Hearts fanfic? Is publication that what this is, is? Publication <laughs> is set for fall 2021. Oh, my God. So speaking of Kingdom Hearts, I finished Kingdom Hearts 3 finally after like a year of just having it uh-huh. in, in my house. Uh-huh. And I've only played one Chain of Memories 2 and then have seen like... A scene, like pretty much a walkthrough of the other games. Right. No idea what is happening. <laughs> it was so much exposition. And I was just like, I like everything is so confusing. I don't think the writers even know what is going on anymore. And then the ending was so open ended and oh. it just ended in a cliffhanger. And I'm like, <laughs> like, just end the series. It's, it's just like, why? I mean, was the, oh, yeah, we can't talk about Kingdom Hearts, but I always found the, like, the anime storyline of Kingdom Hearts to be more interesting than the Disney ones. Yeah, like, none of the Final Fantasy characters were in Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, really? And I was like, what? Then why even have No Kingdom cloud? <laughs> how dare you? No, uh. no lightning? How, like, how? That's sad. How dare they? How dare they? <laughs> but this sounds really awesome. Um, I secretly am wishing that this Mulan adaptation follows the like the path of like Chinese Empress fiction, which like if you've seen any like Chinese historical dramas that go through like one of the many Dowager Empresses that like ruled China, mm-hmm. like, those Empresses are like badass and like, kind of want to see Mulan follow that trope, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but also at the same time, I am getting a little bit fatigued. With Mulan being used as like a pitch shorthand, like I also feel a little fatigued of like repurposing Disney, like just the okay, but like this like, is Disney Hyperion, like yeah. they own <laughs> like Disney Mulan, so it makes sense. Yeah, I'm mean, I'm just saying, like even with like Disney Plus launching this week, just like how much Disney owns our childhoods and like of these things, like of nostalgia, really, you know? Well, they don't own Anastasia or Swan Princess, <laughs> so they don't have all of my childhood. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I mean, um, congrats, Olivia, and glad to see people doing something new with Mulan, I guess. Yes. Yeah. All right, next up, Harper Teen acquired North American rights to three novels from Kanari Blake, author of the best-selling Three Dark Crowns series, which... um. Followers of our Instagram would know that I'm a big fan of their uh, international anime-inspired covers. 
The first book is a standalone、um, called All These Bodies, described as a speculative YA version of In Cold Blood. The book centers on a 15 year old girl who turns from surviving victim to suspect of a Midwestern murder spree.、Um, the other two books in the deal is an untitled series that follows a mystical order of female warriors.、Uh, publication for All These Bodies is scheduled for 2021, and the first of the two fantasy novels is scheduled for fall 2022. Let me just say, this sounds like. Kendara Blake's brand, <laughs> like a 15 year old girl who like becomes a suspect of a Midwestern murder spree. I'm like, yes, <laughs> like give me all of like the the gritty murder stuff. Yeah. That seems to be like her corner, and I'm all for it.、Um, yeah. So, congratulations to Kendara Blake、um, on the new book deal. So, looking forward to. Um, seeing them on bookshelves and also finding their international versions at the <laughs> Taiwanese bookstore that I go to.、Uh, next up, Norton Young readers bought World English Rights to Ken Mochizuki's middle grade biography of Michi Nishiura Weglin, a California farm girl who endured Japanese internment camps during World War II, became a renowned costume designer, and later left her Hollywood life to research and write a book about the real reasons for the camps. Which led to a national movement that changed history. Publication is slated for spring 2021. Wow. I mean, again, it's like really cool to see people bring to light this era of our nation's history that's, you know, not a particularly proud moment,、um, but also highlighting people who、um, did something about it. You know, the subject of this biography.、Um, I'm assuming the national movement that the,、uh, that the description alluded to was the fight for、uh, reparations and redress by the U.S. government, which、mm-hmm. um, did happen, I think, in the 80s, where the U.S. government admitted fault、um, for the internment and also paid, I think, like a couple thousand dollars to each surviving member who was still around.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, yeah, it's cool that there's something like this so kids can learn about it and teachers can assign. That's true. Like, if you notice on a lot of like English curriculum、uh, reading lists,、mm-hmm. a lot of them are by dead white guys. <laughs> so, like, it's really nice that there are like contemporary books that they can pull from that are that reflect more on like their other students'、uh, experiences. Yeah. All right. Next up, who? Rewrite, what are you trying to do to me?、Um, Candlewick Press bought middle grade anthology Calling to the Moon, edited by Aida Salazar and Shamile Syed Mendez.、Uh, the anthology features short stories and poems about menstruation written by contributors of color, including Hilda Burgess, Vida Baibi, Margarita Engel, Sadia Faruqi, Nikki Grimes, Leah Henderson, Aaron Entrada Kelly, Guadalupe Garcia McCall, Elise McMullen Chiari. Yeah, Chiari. Mason J, Emma Othagai, Othagi, Othagai, apologies.、Um, uh, Nahid Haznat Senzai,、uh, Christina Suntorvat, and Ibi Zoboi.、Um, the book is planned for spring 2022. And, again,、um, again apologies. apologies. Again, apologies for the mispronunciation. Rira has set me up to fail. I, this, I did not. As, as always, we pull the news from Publishers Weekly. And, you know, I do my best to look up pronunciations beforehand, but a lot of the times there is no pronunciation yeah. guide. What we cut off from that last segment was we were coaching me through all those names. <laughs> <laughs> Or at least I, at least I tried.、Um, but middle grade anthology about、uh, menstruation, that 
that is certainly very different from other anthologies that I have uh, <laughs> I have read. Um, but yeah. it's good because, you know, like we are being more open about our bodies. and uh, Yeah, and I feel like something like this would normalize a th- natural thing that happens that girls are typically shamed for, right? Yeah, and so. it's across like all different cultures. So you you may recognize some of the Asian authors that we have just listed out, but mm-hmm. we also have like Latina authors. We also have um, of, um, a black authors. So it will be interesting to see what people come up with. Yeah. Um, next up, Wendy Lamb Books acquired Everything Starts With Nothing by May Respicio, author of The House That Lou Built. The middle grade story is about Alex, a quirky boy from Silicon Valley who helps his father take over his grandparents' struggling Filipino market, only to find himself at odds with his father's alpha male expectations. As Alex launches a successful slime-selling operation... He discovers the importance of staying true to yourself and that success can take many forms. Publication is slated for summer 2021. Oh my god, slimes. <laughs> All right, I don't know I don't know how this happened, but my friends and I we were just watching random YouTube videos and all of these slime tutorial videos just like popped up and they're all made by teens and apparently they sell them at school and i'm like why why would you do this this is my old like crudmudgeon voice being like (laughs) oh kids these days like what are they thinking when we were kids we had gak and you know we were paying to buy those i what Gak, you don't know you no, remember I don't. Gak? It's from Nickel I think it was Nickelodeon or it was like pre-made slime that you can like throw around and like it's you don't remember Gak? No, I no. don't. Oh. It sounds gross. It, it's like like a disaster with with germs and like dust and oh, hair. It, it gets sounds, gross after it a while. So yeah. So gross. <laughs> but like with the, with the slime tutorial videos, it's like a mix between a tutorial video and like ASMR. So mm. as they're like making these slimes, some of them make like crunchy noises because oh. they put like little uh, like styrofoam balls into them, and it's it's just really really weird. I remember with Gak, it was all about making the fart noise, like when you create a air uh, bubble inside a Gak and like it goes. Yeah, I, I know that like. Um, because both of my brothers are autistic, and when they were going through uh, their therapy sessions, uh, a lot of the things that – a lot of the toys that the teacher would introduce were, like, sensory stuff. So mm. they were, like, sand. And then one of the things was, uh, like, some kind of slime thing. But uh-huh. my brothers were not really into that. So <laughs> – but, but I don't know. It just – it just seems weird. Slime's a thing. I remember when I was in um, visiting my nieces, they had just made sl- homemade slime at Girl Scouts. So, what do you do with them? Like, <laughs> you buy the slime and then it just like stays in your room. Like, how many can you actually have at one time? Um, from from personal observation, um, what you do with it is get your mother mad at you for leaving slime everywhere. Uh. <laughs> um, that ends my Rira rant. Congrats to May Respicio for perpetuating the slime <laughs> fad that will make Rira very, very upset. Um, Not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, Levine Cuerdo bought World English Rights to Sol Lee's picture book by Penguin. 
or by Penguin, because there's an exclamation point. Originally published in South Korea by Book Good Come, the story follows a penguin set adrift into an unexpected romp around the world. Uh, publication is slated for fall 2020. Interesting, a translated picture book from a different country. Yeah. I feel like I don't really see that very often, simply because the picture book industry is so big. There, there are like 5,000 picture books that come out That's every true. day. I mean, I guess this one probably has really cool art. Maybe or yeah, yeah, probably. You know. Yeah, I mean, we see picture books translated all the time. They're called manga. We were talking about uh, manga earlier. We're just like, well, what are you, what are you reading? <laughs> and I was like, I like, I haven't really read that many mangas recently. Um, it's been a long time for myself as well. Yeah, um, I read, I read more webtoons than manga. Yeah, now because it's just so much easier to to I read. Mean, again, as you get older, your time becomes more precious. Yes, and also you have less of it. So. Um, if you have the Line app or the Webtoon app mm-hmm. on your phone, I highly recommend Gourmet Hound by Lee <laughs> Hama. It is so good. Um, if you really like slice of life, food slash family drama, this is your Webtoon. Like I have the app, but mostly just to read Dami Lee's strip. I, I, I read Dami Lee's strips as well. It, like her strips are so short, so yeah. it's very easy to read. As per usual, she was also a guest on our podcast, which yes. is why, which is why I subscribe. Yeah, go go check that episode out. <laughs> um, what's next, Vera? Scholastic acquired world rights to Wendy Wan Long Shang's picture book debut. The rice in the pot goes round and round. Oh, I love that. Illustrated by Lorian Tu, the book is a twist on the wheels on the bus that celebrates the food, laughter, and love of a multi generational family meal. Publication is scheduled for spring 2021. But wait, you shouldn't do anything to rice in the pot. You just leave it there until it cooks. I, I think What it's are they doing to the rice? Like when you clean it. Oh. Yeah, I don't I don't really do Who that part who of it. cooks rice in a pot nowadays? Nobody. Except for Instapot. <laughs> I don't I haven't tried cooking with Instapot yet. I don't have things. one. My rice cooker actually broke, so I like haven't had rice in like a month. When I was in college, I had one of those like old school rice cookers, which is not, it's not the automatic ones where you just push a button. It's one where you had actually had to fill the bottom with water, and there was like a, a little stand, and you put a, a your rice bowl thingy on top. Interesting. Like it's like an old school like steamer style like mm. rice cooker. I my rice cooker both in college and both the one that that broke. <laughs> recently uh they're korean brands and they like sing to you oh. when it's done or when it's like about to uh steam uh, my latest one sang to me it was a zojirushi rice cooker uh-huh yeah it's saying um uh what's that song it's like a children's song anyways are there any children's songs that are like adapted from uh american children's songs because you know, you know like what? it crosses cultures the song that my Zojirushi um, rice cooker made was Home on the Range. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I miss my rice cooker. Me too. I mean, think about how I feel. <laughs> my rice cooker <laughs> is broken. They're so expensive to, like, buy. Yeah. I mean, these days, I honestly, I get my rice from those Costco, like, microwavable packs. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, rice is great. I'm still curious about how the rice in the pot goes round and round. What does that mean? What are they making? These are questions I need answered, and I need to wait till 2021. Very upset right now. So, like, when, when it comes out and you go to a bookstore, and they're like, oh, are you buying this for your niece? And no. it's like, no, I'm buying this for, for me. For personal closure on this mystery of 
why the uh. rice is going round and round in this pot. Um, next up, another Disney Hyperion story. Um, Disney Hyperion bought in a six-figure deal. Um, alone out here, a book by Riley Redgate, um, the author of Final Draft, uh, pitched as Lord of the Flies in Space. This YA thriller is set in a future in which the first daughter and 53 other teens end up on the only ship escaping a dying Earth. The group must contend with being the last hope of humanity's survival as they fight to preserve their own humanity. Publication is expected in spring-summer 2021. Uh, Riley Redgate is also the author of Noteworthy, which is like a queer, um, pitch-perfect type of book. So it has like an acapella group in it. And I'm like, yes. I feel like this story is just made to be adapted into the next YA, like, Battlestar Galactica style. It does remind me of Battlestar Galactica. Um, And it also like reminds me of what what was that show? The Hundred where Mm. there are like a bunch of teens like in post-apocalyptic Earth and space stuff. There's also that anime that got picked up by Netflix called Knights of Sidonia. Oh, yeah. Knights of Sidonia. Although that one got a little weird as it went along when it started dealing with like genetic manipulation and like body horror. I mean, it just sounds like a Gundam series. I feel yeah. like that is like a common That's true. theme. Yeah. Uh, so our last book deal is Schwartz and Wade bought world rights to Kill McClear's The Big Bathhouse. Illustrated by Gracie Zhang, the book is inspired by Kyo's memories of childhood visits to Japan, where she accompanied her maternal grandmother to the public baths. Publication is set for spring 2022. Have you ever been to like Oriokan? No, I have not. I've also never been to a public bath before. Oh, really? Yeah, it's. Like, I guess I don't know. Don't it's... don't like Chinese people also have like public baths because it's like it's like definitely like a Japanese Korean thing because like Koreans have jimjibangs, which are like saunas mm. where uh, like they have different tubs, but also they have like different places where you can like sweat. So they have like the. I don't know, crystal room or salt room or whatever. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's part of i mean the chinese culture is also vast and varied um like public baths definitely weren't part of my upbringing so i'm not familiar and i've actually never been like even when you went to go visit japan like you've never been to an onsen or no i think for me personally just the idea of like bathing with other people is weird although even though i have been in public swimming pools so i don't know maybe it's just a Uh, personal thing um (laughs) i'm of the type where it's like oh man i love hot baths so much yeah so i don't really pay attention to it mm. yeah but i can't go with friends like i can go with family but i cannot go with friends like i would not be able to meet their eyes <laughs> like it's just uh no yeah only with strangers can i like go to public bath it's just like whatever you're never gonna meet them again yeah no we didn't um we didn't book any real cons when we went to japan last time because we were um it wasn't on our itinerary. We were more focused on going Mario karting and yeah, climbing I saw, I stairs. Saw that. Yeah. <laughs> when we went to Kyoto, it was like typhoon season or monsoon uh, season. So like, yeah, yeah. What it, to do? But what to, to do? Go, go to <laughs> bathhouses. Um, and that'll do it for this month's book news. Um, as always, if you have any thoughts on the books that we cover, or if we missed any books that are on your radar, uh, please let us know on the Goodreads forums. And please, um, if there's any other topics you want to talk about, please feel free to post. And don't forget to say hello on our welcome thread. It's always great to see who's um, been following along. Um, so for our new segment for this episode, um, 
like we mentioned, it's the end of the year, which means it's time for end of year lists and book awards. And as the hosts of Books and Boba, we've decided to focus our energies on something that we can help affect, maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> and that is the um, Goodreads Choice Awards, which is, um, I guess, an audience polled um, list of the best books of the year. Um, so Rira has graciously uh, gone through all the nominations and picked out all the ones that we care about for <laughs> Books and Boba, which are books written by Asian and Asian American authors. Or Asian Canadian, or pretty much authors of Asian, West Asian descent. Yeah. I'm sorry if I missed any, but like I, I compiled this list like really <laughs> late at night. So I yeah. apologize for anyone that I missed. Yes. If there's anyone that we did miss, um, please let us know and we'll, we'll add them to the list. Um, I think we was creating something for the blog to, um, yeah. to highlight everything. So that should be going up you know, in a month or so, probably. <laughs> um but yeah Yeah. um wanted to give shine to all the authors it it was a really great year for books yeah like looking at the list there have been some really good books that that came out yeah uh even though i did not read most of them but (laughs) i do recognize uh some of the reviews that i've seen from our book club members and also on twitter yeah uh so we're gonna we're just gonna go down the list um so for best debut novel, uh, some of the nominees of Asian descent have been uh, Hapsa Faisal's We Hunt the Flame, Angie Kim's Miracle Creek, Ocean Vong's On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous, and Ita Frum's A Woman Is No Man. I heard a lot of great things about Ocean Vong's book, um, as well as Angie Kim's book. So those are two that I recognize from the list. Yes. Yeah. Congrats to everybody. For Best YA Fantasy and Sci-Fi, we have Hafsa Faisal again for We Hunt the Flame. And for Best YA Fiction, Samira Ahmed's Internment, David Yoon's Frankly in Love, and S.K. Ali's Love from A to Z. I want to read all of them, (laughs) Uh, especially uh, Frankly in Love. I've heard good things about that. And it's so cool that he's like the husband of Nicola Yoon. And they have like this YA like partnership pairing, but also... Because, like, he's pretty much the dude from, like, The Sun is Also a Star, right? That's that's him, right? <laughs> Not all books are autobiographical. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I wonder how that is when you, like, when both partners are writers. Like, that's how I feel with, like, both uh, people in a couple who are actors. Yeah, like, Brangelina like, while they, that lasted. I'm and, just like, how yeah. does that work? Uh, like, how do you, like, not kill each other? I think, I mean, some people just... You know how some people just always have to be working and always have to be on? Yeah. I think when you have two people like that together, it just works out. I guess right? so, yeah. <laughs> um, for best middle grade and children's books, we have Jasmine Warga's Other Words for Home, Padma Venkatraman's The Bridge Home, Yunha Lee's Dragon Pearl, Soman Chainani's A Crystal of Time, Roshani Chosky's Arusha and the Song of Death. Congrats to everybody. Man, middle grade novels killing it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of really great um, authors. Um, it's really cool to see Yu Han Lee do a middle grade after writing like a super dense like sci-fi epic series, you know? Yeah. For best fiction, um, again, Ocean Vong's On Earth Were Briefly Gorgeous and Itaf Rum's A Woman Is No Man. Um, just racking up the nominations there. Congrats to both of you. Yes. Uh, best mystery and thriller, we have Angie Kim's Miracle Creek. Jean Kwok's Searching for Sylvie Lee, and Tosca Lee's The Line Between. And for Best Historical Fiction, we have Lisa C.'s The Island of Sea Women, 
Yangtze Chu's The Night Tiger. And for best fantasy, we have R.F. Kuang's Dragon Republic. That's so good. I like, actually read The Dragon Republic, and it's, it's definitely a great follow-up to um, Poppy War. Oh, that's good. People should read it. I have three of these. I have all three of those books and have not read any of them. <laughs> have you finished Poppy War yet? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah. I, I think you'll enjoy it. I'm so bad at time <laughs> management. And speaking of the Yangtze Chu, that reminds me of that one show we were forgetting about that's being adapted next year, which is The Ghost Bride, which was one of our book club's picks. Stay tuned for that episode Yeah, when we talk about the adaptation, because there's no way we're not going to watch that. <laughs> for Best Romance, we have Helen Hong's The Bride Test and Uzma Jalaluddin's Aisha at Last. And for Best Science Fiction, we have Mike Chen's Here and Now and Then and Ted Chang's Exhalation. All great books that <laughs> I've heard a great deal about. Yeah. Uh, we have for Best Humor, Ali Wong's Dear Girls. And for Best Nonfiction, we have Esme Weijin Wang's The Collected Schizophrenia's Essays. For Best Cookbook, we have Priya and Ritu Krishna's Indian-ish Recipes and Antics from a Modern American Family. And Hugh Omano's Let's Make Ramen. So for best graphic novel, I'm I'm going to include uh, Asian illustrators because I believe that for graphic novels, illustrators pretty much do half the work in, in terms of uh, storytelling. So I've added them on here as well. We have They Called Us Enemy, written by George Takei, Justin Isinger, Stephen Scott, and it was illustrated by Harmony Becker. Uh, And then we have Good Talk by Mira Jacob, Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me by Mariko Tamaki, Book Love by Debbie Tung, Marjorie Liu's Monstrous Volume 4, The Chosen, Uh, Moon Cakes written by Suzanne Walker and illustrated by Wendy Hsu, and Paper Girls Volume 5 written by Brian Vaughn and illustrated by Cliff Chang and Matthew Wilson. Are you caught up with Monstrous yet? No, you keep asking me this and I'm I'm not. I only have so much time in, <laughs> in my life. I have so many hobbies that are time consuming. It's getting good. I really want to read Good Talk by Mira Jacob because mm. it talks about like uh, colorism and uh, interracial marriage and, you know, like, yeah, it sounds like my jam. <laughs> Um, and finally, for best poetry, we have Jasmine Cowers' When You Ask Me Where I'm Going, Franny Choi's Soft Science, and Lang Liev's Love Looks Pretty on You. We also talked to Lang yeah, in a previous episode. Former guest. And then I've also, um, Franny Choi has been on one of our collaboration shows before, back in when I was doing stuff in DC, and she's amazing. She has a really good podcast called Versus, where she talks to people from the poetry community. So you all should check that out. She's a really great writer and also super like articulate and and fun to listen to um and that's the list of uh asian i guess diaspora authors on the goodreads choice awards um again if we've missed anybody that we should highlight um please let us know um we would love to give everyone the due they deserve and um it's so great to see so many names on this list I'm sure there were more because this is, I think this is like the semifinal round. Wow. So it's going to be, uh, so obviously there were more books beforehand. Yeah. And there might be, and some of these books not might not be on the poll by the time you listen to this episode. Mm. I don't know when the final round happens. 
And a lot of these books were included in other publications' best of lists. So like Publishers Weekly's best of list, New York Times' best of list. Yeah. So a lot of overlap. We should um, – I mean, I don't know how we can do a book symbol but best of list because we don't really read that many new books as they come out. Yeah, we are two people <laughs> with with jobs and and other uh, interests, so it would be very hard. But yeah, if there's any books that you've read this year um, that you feel deserves even a wreck, like let us know on Goodreads. We'd love to see what you think the best Asian American book was for 2019. You know how uh, for a lot of book awards they have like those stickers like those silver gold metal stickers yeah. and they put it like on the cover we should have Are you one we should have a book symbol sticker <laughs> like... <laughs> we should this was a book symbol pick yes yeah um and on that note that also do it for this episode of books and boba thank you so much everyone for listening in uh, to us talk about the latest book news in asian american literature um as always please let us know your thoughts on our goodreads forum and don't forget that our november 2019 book club pick is steel crow saga by paul kruger and we'll be discussing that um in our next episode at the end of the month so yeah we, we gotta we gotta start start reading this really long book that we picked why did i pick it for november <laughs> um because it's your jam it is my jam <laughs> i really wanted to read it before the end of 2019 yeah, yeah. um so, am i gonna regret this decision probably not you know at some point you just gotta slow down and take some time to read sometimes you just have to not do all of the other things that require priorities so you, <laughs> so you can so you can read a book for book club this is priorities book club is priority and yeah, with that, thanks again for listening to Books and Boba. Um, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This episode was hosted by Marvin Yue and Riva Yu and produced and edited by Marvin Yue. This podcast was recorded at the Potluck Podcast Studios located within the Visual Communications offices in downtown Los Angeles. You can learn more about Visual Communications and their programs such as the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival by going to their website at bcmedia.org. Thanks also to the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American-hosted podcasts that Books and Boba is a proud member of. You can learn more about our fellow Potluck Podcast by checking out the website podcastpotluck.com. Hey, Brian. Did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 